Hey everybody, Bob WP, and we are back with Doodaboo episode 880. And of course, I have one of my co-hosts, one of my, um, you know, favorite co-hosts. In fact, all three of them are favorite, but hey, Mendel, Mendel Curlin, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, Bob, um, it's okay. I know it's public, so you have to say that you have three favorites, but uh, I know where you stand. I know where yeah. you stand. And it's, it's cool. It's cool. I'm sure I'm sure they know too, deep down inside. It's good to be here. I'm excited about this conversation. It's going to get nerdy. It's going to get geeky. And I, I like I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really good about that. Yep, Mendel, you certainly will be in your element. So, let's go ahead and move on into the show here. But before I do that, I want to thank our great sponsors. First of all, paypal.com. As I've been talking about, and since they became a sponsor, they're paying for. It's a pretty sweet way that your clients, customers, make purchases on their sites between $30 and $600, and they get four interest-free payments. That really is kind of nice because they, talking to them, they fit it every other week. So it fits the model of the person that gets paid every two weeks or twice a month. Bob, I want to double your shout out for PayPal because um, I installed the new PayPal plugin on my uh, my website and I enabled the paying for. I didn't even have to enable it. It just like it came out of the box. It, it was enabled and it's incredible. It like automatically takes the, the cart total and allows you to um, to allow somebody to pay in four payments and it's interest free and it's it's ridiculously it took me five minutes to implement yeah so just go do it the holidays are coming up might as well yeah no doubt if mendel did it then that's right anybody can do it if i can do it anybody can do it that's it all right (laughs) and then there's woocommerce.com we uh let's see i think 4.7 rst came out the last week so just want to remind everybody get that testing wrapped up for the release on the 10th very very minor updates because they did not want to break your site before these holidays so you can be rest assured that hopefully everything will go very smoothly well as Mendel said, we have a great guest today, Jeff Taylor. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Doing really good. And like Mendel said, we're going to get geeky. And I think the best way to do that is figure out what the heck you do with Woo. I mean, what 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 do you do with WooCommerce? Well, right now I am a con- well, I work primarily as a consultant and uh, just WordPress specialist. But uh, with XWP for uh and they can and I also am the developer of Woo GraphQL, which is the GraphQL uh, API functionality for WooCommerce. I'm typically a consulting slash developer. It's for on us on a couple of different WooCommerce projects that are coming up and being released and have been released. Uh, I specialize primarily though in just data management on the server, so improving the request speed and performance for server-side requests when it comes to data management for headless applications. Cool. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a mouthful. You know, that is some serious stuff. So, well, it's just a really fancy way of saying I make stuff go really quickly. So just, I make stuff faster. So I want to start at kind of the beginning of your API journey though, because we're, we're talking GraphQL, right? And, and 
now we're talking APIs and and there may be some people listening to the Do the Woo podcast that have no idea what GraphQL is, what the word that that WordPress even has an API um, by itself, right? Like that that there is a baked in that WordPress didn't used to have a native API, um, and now it does. But then GraphQL augments that, and what GraphQL is um, versus the native API, right? Rest. And and so. Um, but before we get into that, because uh, we're going to need your help with that, um, before we get into that, uh, let's back up. And wh- how did you like? How did you even get interested in data or in server side data or in APIs? Oh, well, it's initially I started as uh, I guess you could say I was I was a freelance web developer. I made I worked with and at the time I made I worked primarily on the LAMP stack using PHP and whatever CMS w- would work for what I needed at the time. And then one time I came across, uh, I had a need for WordPress at the time. I'd come across, uh, I was trying to make a front end JavaScript application, which is now known as headless in, in the community, which is typically where you take a WordPress backend and let that provide the data on the front end. Uh, but I needed something other than REST. Uh, I, at the time, I hadn't even really looked into REST. I actually came across the plugin WordPress GraphQL before I even looked into using REST. And the beauty of that was it was still a growing project. It, it was it looked far less scary than it does now. <laughs> and I was easily able to get on and just start using it and contributing. And then through do, through contributing, I got in. I, I met and got in touch with Jason Ball, the developer, and it just snowballed from there. With me working on several different plugins and uses for it, taking it and using it in several applications because it turned out to be really versatile. Like I, I had already had experience and known about GraphQL at the time, but I didn't know about it. I didn't think about using. I hadn't been using it in WordPress. When I went to Jason Ball's project and I and we and I started using that, I found that not only was this extremely convenient, it made setup really easy for creating a new application. I just had to install WordPress and then install this plugin, and then from there, my journey was all JavaScript. Which is typically, if you are a theme developer of any kind or something like that, you prefer just to where only have to worry about the visuals, and this really gave me that opportunity. Funny thing is, though, as I got into developing more of the API, I found I had less time to develop front ends. <laughs> and so I ended up so initially because I was not a, I, I was I was a full stack developer, but my focus had never all had never really always been back end logic. It had become that in developing this and I got turned out I'm really good at it. And so I, I kind of stuck with it. And and it wasn't even that. I had a personal need for WooCommerce at that time. What brought me to WooCommerce, making the WooCommerce functionality was I had finished up all my projects. I was still, I was still working sort of as a consultant for at the time, but just, but not for WooCommerce yet, just for GraphQL and WordPress, the combination of that. So, but there was a demand growing for two things, ACF support to the GraphQL API. ACF is a humongous, ACF is a humongous plugin in the WordPress community. Advanced custom fields for those folks. That- yes, my, my bad. Advanced custom fields. And uh, WooCommerce. Jason had already actually started, had already started developing the advanced custom fields extension and was already about to sell, start selling it as a premium plugin. And then I started developing the WooCommerce plugin because there was a demand for it. 
And I also wanted to not just, I wanted to build up my reputation that I did not have in the community. I was a nobody. I was trying to get better remote work because at the time I was working off of places like Upwork or uh, freelancing.com, which would which I could find work, but the quality of the work and the pay was so, <laughs> it was quite, was was really not making ends meet. So as I started to build out the WooCommerce API, I I built connections. People started coming up and using it. I got consultant work through it. And it not only improved my ability with WooCommerce, building WooCommerce extensions, it improved my ability with WordPress development. Uh, it improved my, 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 my ability all across the board on every, on every part of the spectrums because I made sure I was testing and implementing and making sure it worked from all facets. And here I am now, like a year later. <laughs> I only started it back in March 2019, and it's become what it is now. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome to hear kind of how you how you got into it and how you got um, how you got excited about it, and then how you started to get work from it, which I think is is something that a lot of people don't don't recognize that becoming an expert in any field means that you've done enough in that field, you have a large enough body of work that's been successful that people start to notice. Yeah. Um, and that you can use as your own self-reference. And uh, I think a lot of people, you know, um, maybe sell short their um, their personal experience um, or their um, their small business experience or their freelancer or entrepreneurial experience. And there's there's real value in that. So I think that's that's a cool takeaway from from that story. I want to. I want to talk with you a little bit about how, like, why somebody would use an API to begin with um, or GraphQL to begin with um, with WordPress. So WordPress, you know, for a lot of people, it um, you install on a server, you go into the back end, you manipulate some data, right? Um, and essentially, the back end, the back end is just a, um, a a UI for a database, right? Um, that does some super complex. Uh, queries and joins and all this stuff, and um, and then uh, you you save those states, right? Yeah. Um, with a whole bunch of data, and uh, and then on the front end, um, you have users that interact with the website, yeah. right? And and they might manipulate data in a database, so that's kind of like a front end interface for a database, right? So you can do a lot with WordPress. You can do a lot with WooCommerce. You can theme it. You can, you can, you can make it performant. Um, even, you know, even with the application. So what is this headless thing and why would somebody be interested in it? All right. Well, I guess I can break it down in in some pretty, when you think about, uh, just a WordPress front end, you come up with, I guess now the modern day, you have three scenarios. You have a WordPress theme that just you still have the same WordPress data. It's just showcased through a WordPress theme. And there's pros and cons to this. The pros are this the WordPress theme tends to be the code for that tends to be bundled with the WordPress installation. You have everything together. It tends to be neat and seamless. But the cons of this is the data is baked into the layout. There's very little room for customization without making it really unwieldy and any form of real-time JavaScript application implementation is made that much harder and complex. So bad. So, so if you want to go to something modern, scratch that you want to do something really impressive or really unique, 
scratch that. You, you, you'd have to gut the whole theme altogether, making it kind of pointless. I want to break in right there on that point and, and just say, you know, this is, I think a good example of this is like using hooks and filters and things like that to add things into um, the output of the site. No, not even just that. Like think about it from this standpoint. Say you want to make a menu that does performs a little bit differently and doesn't want it, and you don't want it. You want to style it in a way where you don't have to use the the complex PHP walkers. You just have the menu items and the menu locations, and you just want to split that out. WordPress theme use doing that through the WordPress theme is made that much more complex because all of that is tied into the WordPress code. Yeah, yeah, making it making it a, a really kind of like i don't even want to say like it's it's made impossible it's made just not user friendly off rip that you have to come in and learn a bunch of stuff that in, if we're not completely sure it won't be depreciated years from now we're, we're not learning this a lot of it is just b- built in baked in wordpress functionality that's only used specifically for this menu part of the like it's just it's just a con all around when you look at it in comparison to the other alternatives and then the other way is using wordpress rest and a JavaScript application just to tr- retrieve that data. This allows you to, to have greater versatility, but it it opens your site up to, for one, people have access to the data through another endpoint unless you lock it off. You may have to build a bit more in the way of structure on specific points. You lose a lot of that WordPress built-in functionality, but you get the capability of truly doing whatever the heck you want. But the downside of this is, is REST does not allow for a lot of versatilities in the size and shape of their request. So you'll be limited to what data you get back and where, and those requests can get big, and you might not always need the data for every little bit, every little part of the application where you'll be making those requests. And it sounds like that's where uh, GraphQL comes to the rescue. There you go. And GraphQL will allow you to make, <laughs> is works Similar to REST, you will be able to make whatever you want, retrieve all this data. However, you can fine-tune the request to only grab what you need off those data objects. Cherry-pick only the fields that you need at that time. Uh, you can t- And a lot of the tools on the JavaScript front-end allow you to take advantage of things such as caching, no retrieving of data you already have, keeping track of, of state, and all, as well as also manipulating said data within the confines of your application just to, just to modify right there and keep to yourself only for what you need. Uh, it, there's just so many advantages of being able to control the request size and request data to such a fine-tuned point. And it's that is outrageously that you easily notice the difference in, a, in an app that is using GraphQL over using REST. Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. In time for the holiday season, PayPal has launched a new pay later option called Pay in 4. This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for Pay Later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. 
Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the marketplace at woocommerce.com. Just head on over, click marketplace and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. Yeah. And so now when we're talking about headless and we're talking about using GraphQL, we're, uh, you know, just for the, again, the benefit of the the listeners, we're talking about um, creating apps. We're talking, uh, you know, uh, mobile phone apps. Yeah. These can be mobile. The, the, the beauty of all of this is you can access REST or GraphQL from any device you can make an HTTP request from. This can be a phone. This can be a game application. This can be a game console. Apple TV, whatever. Apple TV, anything. You can make an app that will be supported from a WordPress site backend using WordPress GraphQL, using GraphQL or REST. It, 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 that point doesn't really matter. You would just get a performance boost that is uncomparable from using GraphQL. Okay, now I want to I want to take it a step further, and I'm, we're going to tread into uncomfortable territory here because I'm going to ask you that I, I want your honest opinion mm-hmm. on this one. Although you don't seem like a guy that would not give your honest opinion, mm-hmm. um, I want to know why why even use WordPress at that point? Then, like, why not just roll your own, right? Oh, because I've done this before. Allow me to explain to you the problem <laughs> of rolling your own versus using an already built community maintained application yeah wordpress may seem unwieldy and complete and different from it might not even look like it's the top of the line but wordpress is a switch army knife if you need to get through the forest to do what you need to do wordpress will get you there <laughs> uh there, there's really nothing you can we've watched like you think about it wordpress at its core is just a basic blogging site all the plugins come in and add features and functionality that WordPress allows for. And it gives you, you can create objects to shape whatever you want. The reason you would use WordPress is have you, if you go and try and make an API just from scratch, you lose the validation at WordPress. You lose the possibility of the plugin, of the functionality that the plugins provide. Because even though, because one of the things that WP GraphQL and Woo GraphQL and a lot of the plugins we built is we've tried to make it is, work with as many plugins that don't re- that 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 simply want to add data to the schema or manipulate the schema we've made it work with as many plugins as possible like if you right now we have a plugin that works with uh, cpt ui so when you want to make a custom post type there is a plugin that you can another extension you can use that will add those plugins created through cpt ui to the graphql api schema same thing with uh, WP tax meta tax query. You can you can do complex queries for uh, tax meta through the GraphQL API. Like it, we, we've made plugins that add specific features that would make it so even if you like the reason you would use it is because all the support that that WordPress provides out of the box and then sub and then essentially in respective in that same uh, way. The, the support that both the REST API as well as the GraphQL API use provide out of the box. You can, your argument can be that it, this might be a bit much or it might like, why even use it if you got to alter it this much? But look at the alternatives. Because when you think about it, the setup for a WordPress backend is as simple as installation, install a plugin. 
walk away. You have your back end set up. If, if, if that is considered to be a bit much, well, at that point, what is the point? Because typically, if you were going to build a, a WordPress application or a WordPress site the traditional way, you do the same thing. You install plugins, modify your themes. Th- this is almost no different, except that the process that you are doing for the word to create the front end just is different than creating a theme. Yeah. It's different. Than, it, it, there's really almost no different than modifying a WordPress website. You just need to do things a little differently at specific points. I think this is perfect because it reminds me of, I mean, I'm not a developer, but I did design and build WordPress sites for many years. And even thinking back on the site I just redid and what how you just explained it to me, it's like, okay, I've got the knowledge and the power to build it up to a certain point. But till I need or have a re- requirement of a certain functionality that I don't want any more or any less, and I want it to be quick, then that'd be the time I'd have somebody come in and take care of it, GraphQL. Yeah. And see, to go back to your point, too, the, the beauty of, of headless WordPress that it gives the capability of doing you can start from design first, something you can't do through the traditional methods. You can build your whole, you can design your whole site the way you want it and then build it in HTML and then bring in WordPress to back that back it, to back that front end that you have created. Like, like that is something that you traditionally can't do with the WordPress application and something that I was actually recently able to, <laughs> to do recently and just and tell and realize the side-by-side difference in being able to start from design first not worry about WordPress at all until afterwards and then go with creating as opposed to having to shape your design to what WordPress's base theme printouts are, you know, like like that's, that's something that you really can't do otherwise. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm sitting here, I've written APIs, I've played with APIs, I've built, you know, sites, uh, you know, using APIs and uh, one of the things that comes to mind when I think of WordPress is like getting my head around how this all fits together, right? So um, let's say you're building a website. I'm sure you've built a, a website with something with GraphQL. You know, we, we don't need to get more complex than, than that. Mm-hmm. So what does the architecture look like when you're setting something like this up? And I'm talking like, directory level, you know, you, you have a WordPress installation, your WordPress installation comes with a front end, right? Yeah. So how are you setting all of this up so that you can consume the GraphQL uh, API for coming from uh, the WordPress or WooCommerce site? What, there's a multitude of ways you can do your WordPress front end. And there's been a several ways that are being implemented right now. As, as I'm sure you've heard of Gatsby, one of the big ways that a lot of Gatsby sites are doing because the speed you get from the static site build is they will set their front up front end up at a specific locate at a specific domain using Nullify. And then they will use uh, Gatsby to build the site by querying for all of the pages and everything in their application to create those pages with the Gatsby code. That's one way of doing it. And an, another way of, is because you don't you're not necessarily locked to the WordPress front end. Your domain, wherever you point it, that's your front end, regardless of where WordPress is at. We're putting the WordPress installation and all of the data 
um, maybe on a uh, um, a different server, a different domain, something like that, and we're just querying back and forth. The way, let me explain really quickly how uh, the GraphQL API and the REST API works. When once activate when the, once the REST API is activated or the GraphQL API is activated, they provide an endpoint where wherever your WordPress site is hosted slash in the case of WordPress WP, I think dash version two right now. JSON for whatever thing you want to grab, or in the case of GraphQL, slash GraphQL, and then you send your request through either a post request or a get request uh, with your variables, and you get back a response in the form of a JSON. You can make that request both server-side and client-side, and it will respond to it. The The beauty of being able to remake it server-side is the fact that you can get SSR support for your applications, and then one of the advantages is you get to use Helmet. And you can combine Helmet and Yoast to spit out your research and SEO metadata. It's wonderful. <laughs> That's a common thing that people have been doing recently with Next. If you're familiar with Next.js, they've been building static site front ends using Helmet to uh, process their, the header meta provided by Yoast in the header and using that for SEO coverage. Uh, another way, another way to pe- that you can do it though is it's only one I know. Only person I know has actually done it is me. <laughs> is you can actually use the PHP V8 uh, uh, extension to process your JavaScript and within a within a GraphQL within a word because you can sh- you can shove your JavaScript application your headless application in a WordPress theme. That's what I that that is actually the way I like to do it in all honesty because it keeps I like the self containment of WordPress hmm. and if you want but you would lose static you would lose you wouldn't be able to get SSR support. It's a JavaScript application. To get SSR support, you would have to you you could use the PHP V8 engine to process the React beforehand and create an SSR spit out for on the initial build in the uh, server side request, and that can work perfectly fine. There are a number of ways you can create a headless application, both self-contained and it's broken out into different parts where your front ends at one point and your back ends at another. Another thing is if you change. In the WordPress settings, the uh, current site address, whenever you try to navigate to the site address, it'll redirect you to wherever you put that at. You can put that on your front end application. And then from that point, anytime somebody tries to navigate to your back end, it'll redirect them to that front end application unless they send a post request to your GraphQL uh, back end, which will still be recognized. That's pretty interesting. That's a that's a fun little trick, actually. I like I like that. <laughs> Don't do indoor development; it will mess things up a little bit, and you won't be like you won't be able to make up. But it will still react to post requests sent to GraphQL, so your front end application can still send those requests. Yeah. Another thing that you can do also is uh, uh preview support. Hmm. If you're using the classic editor currently, Gutenberg will not let you do it. <laughs> you can, uh, if you're editing a post preview it in your front end application with a few minor tweaks to filters and changes and stuff like that while you're develop it is it is very much possible uh, we, we've been trying to implement that and, and jason's been adding more support for the for the draft posts that are created through the editor to help you display preview support but like there's like hellas it, like, like there's not too much you have to do extra in the way of the basic installation of your WordPress site. It's just how you design, how you edit, how you set up your front end. And this this kind of goes to the whole idea of separating uh, data 
um, code and display, yes. right? Um, or sorry, data logic and, and display. And I think that's, it's an important paradigm to look at, I think, as you, um, as you build more complex fun- functionality um, and as you create more performance sites, because troubleshooting performance is really difficult when you're, you know, uh, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said I wasn't guilty of putting, um, you know, output in, uh, in PHP, you know, outputting it using PHP. Oh, no, I can tell you all the little tricks. There's var dump. WP send JSON. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with dumping stuff that way when you want to debug. Like, like yeah, that use as many tools, in my opinion, use whatever tool necessary to dump when it comes to debugging. And, 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 and like in development with a lot of these APIs, I try to help with that also, helping people debug their solutions. Cause like, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in testing. I'm a humongous believer in testing because I hate having to go back and fix things. Fix things. Everybody does. Even if you want to complain that it's all uh, that you're doing it for a client, it'll get you more money. I care about my time. <laughs> you know, like so. So yeah, I'm a big like so yeah. big. So when you want to make customizations to the to certain stuff and stuff like that, you like. You, you there are multiple ways you can debug your issues and, and and troubleshoot when it comes to all these word with all the GraphQL extension. This episode is brought to you by WooCommerce. You may just be starting your journey as a Woo builder or will into that journey, or perhaps you have WooCommerce talents that you want to bring to a team as you look to make a switch in your career. WooCommerce has several roles open that will likely fit your own goals of growth. You'll be joining the larger automatic team, a diverse and distributed group of individuals with a passion for WordPress, and yes, in many cases, WooCommerce. If you are looking to make that career pivot and love working from home, check out all their positions over on our job listings at dothewoo.io. Trust me, I know the company. I know a lot of the people there. It's a smart move. Thanks to WooCommerce.com and their support as a community sponsor. Now let's head back to the show. So i want to I want to touch on performance, and then I want to um, I want to give things back to Bob because he's let me uh, um, you know take over a little bit today. But but I'm curious, you know, forget the fact that you can make a more performant theme. Okay, mm. I'm talking about data retrieval. Okay, so is data retrieval more performant using GraphQL than it is using um, standard WordPress, uh, through, through a theme, through a theme. Um, I'm gonna say yes and no. It depends on the page specifically. That's why I'm going to say yes and no. It depends on the page being queried. If it is WordPress GraphQL is designed to cache specific requests and only query specific things when necessary and it's and resolve n one problems where you would be querying individual things over and over again. WordPress GraphQL goes through that, but the base design of a WordPress theme and those queries don't aren't pollutant. Unlike REST, where you will get data you might not need, hmm. that's not always the case with that's not, that's pretty much never the case with the WordPress theme. They're only they only are gonna provide the data in the query that you need. Now, if you are doing a custom theme where you might create a extra loop in your theme, 
yeah, we're going to shit on you in performance when it comes to GraphQL. <laughs> You're doing an extra query for no reason. Like, like yeah, we're going to shit on you in performance in that way. When you think about it, the traditional method that, like, if you were to go and get the twenty the uh, 2020 WordPress theme, we're not going to beat that in performance in GraphQL. Probably not. Uh, uh, unless, but, but here's the thing you also got to think about. There's images being loaded. <laughs> There's other things being, like, like, it depends on the request itself. Matching that request, we could probably match the speed. We can probably beat the page on loading when it comes to the request, if, especially if it's if it's if, if it's something where you have SSR support. But out of the box, match is just gonna match if you, if you just have the 2020 theme or something like that. But a custom theme where they tend to be extra things added to your to your layout and your appearance and extra queries for different types of data, or if you might bring in ACF fields. Your your speed there there will be variations, and I'm almost positive GraphQL will kind of beat you on that front. And it is it is kind of interesting that you can bring in component pieces of data um, as you're painting the page. So you don't necessarily need to bring in a huge payload all at once because you have the ability to cherry pick the data, right? And one thing I like specifically like with uh, I'm not not to toot my own horn. <laughs> But using the Woo GraphQL versus using WooCommerce REST, no matter what you are doing, Woo GraphQL will beat beat it in speed. Hmm. the the product the the basic product query grabs every piece of data on the product object <laughs> every time. <laughs> like so, and, and there is a lot of information on those product objects. We're talking names, prices, sale prices, sale dates, things like that. You're not going to need that if all you want to do is showcase the image, picture, possibly the, the, the image, picture, sale price or price or some. You're, you're going to need maybe 10 variables or 10 pieces of data related to the product, not all like 50 fields. Yeah. So when you put it in the perspective and look at what you're building performance wise, GraphQL is always going to win. Performance wise, you're you're never going to grab anything that you don't need. So you're always going to win. WooCommerce rest, you don't have a choice. You're going to get whatever the endpoint can provide you, and you're going to have to filter through that. You also got to think about the fact that like in one thing I've noticed in is that. With GraphQL, we make multiple requests. We make a request at every component that we need the specific data for instead of making one giant request and then building all the components from that data. Now, if you're looking at this from the React end, from the React front end, that means that somewhere you have another place where they're catching the data and sending it and, and, and sending and, and they're forced to send it to whatever component needs it. While in on the flip coin with the GraphQL, you're going to do requests and only get the data that you want at the level of that component, cleaning up your code as well as cleaning up your performance. Like I believe a few years back, it said that it was better to make multiple small requests than one large one. Yeah. Like that, that, that like somebody said that, and that is the, that, that's still true <laughs> as far as I know. Like no one came out and rebuked that. Yeah, well, you can probably also add a higher level of concurrency then too, right? So yeah, um, you can be pulling price, um, and you can be pulling description, and you can be pulling uh, name all 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 at the same time. And um, and WordPress gra- and one thing is GraphQL is in sub in sub- subsequently uh, Woo GraphQL support batching. Hmm. 
Like so, so batch requests and stuff like that, it's supported. It'll just take all those requests and run those on the spot and send them back as an array of JSON data that whatever and whatever thing you're using that sent out the batch request will process. So batching and stuff like that to to speed up on the front end is also supported. I find it fascinating because I I'm actually starting to learn more and more with our uh, with our guests on here and. Definitely, I think this is something to but keep on top of. You think, Mendel? You think we should? Um, it might be. Yeah, it's a future. Um, I don't think it's something to keep on top of. I think it's, I think it's something that it's going to be imperative uh, to know in the next, you know, five ten years of of building building sites as people demand faster sites, right? Um, more complex sites. Yeah, I mean, I, there are still. I, I I won't deny that I have seen. I, I've seen some kinks that still need to be worked out in the process. Like uh, with the Gatsby build, a lot of people have been uh, having issues, especially specifically with clients I've had, where they have a lot of content, and every time you make a save to said content, it'll trigger a new build. But like, like, like so, while all these features, I, I will say, are the future the kinks in their use are still being worked out. So I don't believe there is a super hurry. And like I said, there's so much versatility in how you can make your front end that I feel like a lot of people are still going to be just for a long time trying to work out what's the perfect way to create a front end. Like I, I spoke to a client yesterday who told me with like almost a single button click, they can create a new store. And the only thing they, and, and they can vastly change the appearance by just tweaking a styling theme sheet with variables of their CSS styling. Hmm. Like, like, like there's been so many different ways to to tackle the front end and it gives you so many options that I don't think that while I do agree with you, this is the future. I think like there's just going to be, it, there's no rush to learn it right away. There's going to be so much growing in this space that I don't think that, 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 that nothing is going to be finite in the way that it, that it's laid out right now. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Well, that's a. That, I think that's a good way to wrap things up, uh, Mendel. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I've really enjoyed talking APIs and GraphQL, and enjoyed talking to Jeff even more. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, and I guess with that, you know, uh, I might as well just help us close out the show. Before I do that, I just wanted to mention that uh, WooCommerce, <laughs> it's it's awesome. And uh, also happens to be a sponsor of uh, this podcast. And so if you haven't joined the WooCommerce Slack, I know I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but there's a channel for anything, any question that you might have about WooCommerce. Now, pro tip, don't post the same question in every single channel on uh, the WooCommerce Slack. But if you have a question, go and look, go and look through the channels. And figure out where it fits and ask that question because there are a lot of uh, helpful people there that are uh, interested in helping you figure out the answers. And avoid using the channel tag and the here tag. <laughs> that's, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And and the second thing I would say is go if you have the PayPal plugin installed on your website and you installed that maybe a year ago or two years ago and it, you've been updating it like a pro, remove it and put the new PayPal plugin on your website. Um, the one that uh, you can download at, surprisingly at WooCommerce um, on the WooCommerce website. 
and uh, and and use that plugin because when you enable it, first of all, it's way easier to connect than than the old way. But the second thing is you can use this uh, pay in four, which is which is really cool, especially as the holidays are coming up and people are going to want to um, buy buy things for their loved ones, and maybe they don't have all the cash on hand uh, right now. Um, but they they will in the next month or something like that, you know, um, allows people to uh, to pay in four payments, which is just pretty cool. Um, and there's no risk to you. Super easy to set up with that. Uh, and they're they're a sponsor, by the way. I, I've, I forgot to mention that they sponsor this podcast. I, I don't want to leave that out. Um, so thank you to PayPal and WooCommerce. I'm done gushing all over them. Tell us, Jeff, where can people connect with you? If they want to say hey or they have a question, uh, Twitter, I guess, uh, at kidyounot89.com, though I rarely, I rarely talk. I'm more of a listener and I respond to questions. You, you will find me all over GitHub, all over repos, making commits and, and reviews and whatnot. Again, at that same name, at kidyounot89. And on the Slack channels, uh, on WooCommerce Slack, I am there under, you'll find me at Jeff Taylor, but I think it's at kidyounot89 again. And yeah, on, on WooCommerce Slack, as well as the WP GraphQL Slack and several other Slack channels, GitHub or Twitter, you can find me at KidYouNot89. I appreciate so much your um, your knowledge and you being on the show today. And um, thanks. And I appreciate your contributions to the community because uh, that's what that's what makes things better. That's what helps us all upgrade our our uh, our tech our technology our skills and 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 uh, the way we help clients and and ourselves so and also before you on that same coin I also think people should contribute <laughs> oh like just like you said yeah. the giving back to the community it's not even just about get, a lot of people think about open source and see it as a way to just work as you're giving away something for free it is a great way to refine your skill set. Uh, as much as people will like to say that a commercial product will always is better or something because somebody because somebody's being paid to do it, it's not going to beat the a community of people that are just hey we're doing it for fun but we're bringing our skill set to it and it, 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 contributing can easily help you refine as a developer as well as improve in in just communication on projects and everything. I contribute. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage others to contribute. And I and I think it's made me a better developer. I think it can make anybody a better developer. Cool. Yeah. Uh, contribute, everybody. You heard it here first. Jeff does it. And if Jeff does it, you should do it. That's all for this information-packed week. If, uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please, please, please consider dropping a review over on Apple Podcasts. It would help us out. It would help Bob out. It would help the community out. All those things. So go ahead and uh, leave a review and we'll see you next week.